on this episode of The Brothers Mysterium. And I feel like certain places you go into it and you kind of feel it. We didn't really know what was going on. It was kind of strange. Um, my mom felt like she had kind of heard and seen things in the house as well. Spend a lot of time in one place, the mind plays tricks on you. And depending on what your beliefs are, you're going to throw it one way or the other. I am just running up the stairs at on one of these flights, I'm going to turn the corner and someone's just going to be standing on the landing waiting for me. Um, but it's like, you know, if a family was murdered in their house, if the parent, one parent killed the other one, if they kept the kid chained up in the basement. So we were just kind of looking at him like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, I just saw the, the housekeeper carrying carrying the clothes. Um, and then right after we told him we didn't have a housekeeper, he kind of looked like, you know, deer in headlights. My brother and I have always been intrigued by the unexplainable. Like many, we're fascinated with stories of the supernatural, fringe science, and modern-day mysteries. Though we've seen no first-hand proof of its existence, our minds remain open to the possibility. Unsatisfied with the so-called evidence on television and the internet, we are choosing to take matters into our own hands and conduct our own interviews and research. Now we're on a quest to speak with as many people as we can and hear the stories of these events from those who have lived them. No Hollywood effects or exaggerations and no hidden agenda. We invite you to listen and decide what and who you believe. We are the Brothers Mysterium. Welcome to the Brothers Mysterium. I am Tommy. My brother is Eric. Hey, yo. And the time has come. Uh, we're going to now tackle a subject that's probably one of our most requested topics. Whenever we say the word paranormal, I think most people think of hauntings, haunted houses, ghosts in houses. So we're going to close out season two here with four tales, four episodes, more than four tales, of haunted Homes. Yes, many tales stretched across four episodes. First, we're going to talk a little bit about it, uh, about hauntings in general, and, and just, you know, our th- initial thoughts before we listen to some firsthand accounts. Um, I personally have never been in a haunted house. People have told me this house is haunted. I've gone into it, never experienced anything. And I feel like certain places you go into it and you kind of feel it. You know, you'll be like, there's a weird energy here. If you walk into like a church, maybe you kind of get a feeling like, oh, this is a holy, sacred place. That's great. Uh, People have said like, this house is haunted. I've walked in and it's just been a regular house to me. And I kind of feel like if I lived in a haunted house, I wouldn't tell people. I would have them enter and then see if they mentioned like, hey, man, there's kind of a weird energy in here. Did something dark happen here? Yeah. Well, that's interesting, too, because both you and I have moved into new homes in the past year. Someone did come into my home who is sensitive to that kind of thing, and they didn't say anything at all. But in general, I, I guess people often associate the, the house with being haunted for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is houses are, the, they kinda, they're kind of they around for a while, so they tend to degrade and get old and make lots of creepy noises, like the floorboards squeaking, or you know when you turn the heat on, if you have radiator heat or something like that, you, you can hear them kind of creaking on and they can often emulate the sounds of someone moving throughout the house. Uh, Another thing is that's where people tend to spend a lot of time and you know, you're sleeping and you, I don't know, you're just, 
spend a lot of time in one place, the mind plays tricks on you. And depending on what your beliefs are, you're going to throw it one way or the other. Two things I want to touch on that. I think you're right. And I think it's interesting that we, as people, assign, like, you know, this ghost is trapped in this house. Their spirit is in this location. And I, I kind of wonder, like, why? And even in our very first episode ever, we talked about, like, wouldn't more ghosts be at a hospital than at a home? And I guess people kind of say, well, they love their house. They were happy here. That's why their spirit stays here. Or everybody, I think there's actually an app you can get that tells you people have died in your house and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I think there if is. there's like, you can also Google your address and see if there was like a murder, if something tragic happened in a house, that's always a big one. And that's kind of when you get that feeling I was saying before of like negative energy. Um, but it's like, you know, if a family was murdered in their house, if the parent, one parent killed the other one, if they kept the kid chained up in the basement, that's the type of house that we then will say like, oh, it's haunted, oh, it's got this evil energy stuck with it. Um, and that's when I wonder about what I call ghostivation, which I've talked about a little bit here and there. It's the motivation of a ghost. Mm -hmm. And it's the example I always use is if your sweet grandmother lived in the house and then died and left you the house and now you live in the house. I've had people tell me like, yeah, and at night this happens and this freaks me out. And, you know, I, I just feel this like horrible evil energy. And it's like, well, why do you assume it's evil energy? And if you're assuming that it's your grandmother, why would she die? And now that she's a ghost, she's evil. She's malevolent. She's after you. She's scaring you. It right. doesn't make, like, it makes sense in the quote unquote haunted house world of Hollywood. But if you went to a medium and said, I want to talk to my grandma, she said, in his house, your grandma would, oh, she's proud of you. You're doing well. It wouldn't be like, your grandma wants to kill you now because you're in the house that she right. loved. Grandma's writing, get out in blood on the mirror. Exactly. So people kind of freak themselves out, which also which plays. Which our grandma did that while she was actually alive. So, <laughs> well, hey, different strokes <laughs> for different kidding. folks. Just kidding. Um, and another thing that I find people will do is, like you just said, they'll move into a house or even they've lived in their house. And then they'll be like, you know, I think there's a ghost in this house. And I'll be like, oh, really? Why? And they'll be like, well, last week I had a glass of water. I went outside, heard something shatter, came inside glass was broken on the floor and i'm like oh what else happened and they'll be like no that was it and i'm like so you've lived yeah. here for 30 years one time a glass fell off the counter and now you think it's haunted to me that there must be it must be um more than one occurrence must be sort of repeating and it again what is the motivation of that ghost so somebody died in, in that house in the 30s now they've waited all this time to smack your glass off once right and th the thing is there there has to be you have to differentiate between supposed hauntings and, and types of ghostly events that happen because there are the events, like you said, like with the glass shattering or, you know, the light suddenly went off on its own. Things that could definitely happen in reality on their own, you know, electricity acts in funny ways. Sometimes, you know, glasses get knocked off. Something's put in a different spot. Uh, this is now missing. Things like that. Those, to me, don't really carry any weight. But then you hear the other stories where someone's like, I saw a ghost standing at the top of the stairs. Now, again, that could be, you know, many, there's many different reasons for something like that to happen. But to me, those are the stories that are more interesting in a haunted house because they're right. not just normal occurrences. Right. They're harder to explain away. Right. And something like that, again, I find that's kind of more of a repeating thing where it'll, it's almost escalating or it's like every now and then I'll see the shadow. And then I'm a little more hooked as opposed to like, well, one time the light bulb went out. And then another time, right. the door was closed and came back, it was open. And it's like, well, that doesn't yeah. particularly strike me like, as being a ghost. I have a light in my basement that 
um, you know, if, if you turn the, the light switch on, it may not come on. And then like five minutes later, it may suddenly flicker on. And there are people who would see that and go like, Oh my God. Uh, to me, I just need to replace the light bulb. Another thing that I always wonder, speaking of a ghost and what I was trying to think of it from the ghost's point of view, why do all these things only happen at night? And I think that goes back to just the human instinct of like, it's nighttime. I should be inside. There's predators out there. I'm more scared. Does the ghost care that it's night? And I know people will argue that the witching hour or ghosts are more powerful because of the moon at night. But to me, it kind of plays into that. We're more skittish. It's scarier when you're at home at night. You know, if you're watching TV at three in the afternoon, and you hear a thud, you'll be like, what the hell was that? If it happens at 1130 at night, and you're home alone, you get all creeped out. You turn off the TV. You start like, you know, slowly moving around your house. Right. Does it matter to the ghost that it's nighttime? Uh, or is it just that that's when it's scarier? So that's when you scare yourself. And that's also when things are quieter. So as you said, all of these normal noises a house makes, you can hear them clearer when it's nighttime and you're being quiet in the dark and your right. senses have adapted and now you're hearing all these creaking and stuff like that. And that goes back to what you were saying about the ghost's motivation. Like what, what motivation would a ghost have for being like, oh, nighttime, time to act up. Right. And also, right, if there was a murder there and this ghost now is trying to warn you to get out of the house and that's why this stuff's happening, it's like, okay, if your house has been calm and peaceful and like your grandmother gave it to you again, I, why is your grandmother scaring you basically it's not like a lot you know you don't you don't come out of the shower and there's like a heart on the mirror in steam that says miss you love grandma and then you're like oh that's nice like it's always a scary thing even though you know it's your sweet grandma right another thing i wanted to touch on that you were speaking of is like the noises and stuff uh from the science side of things the parapsychologist dr william roll has uh used the peltier effect for what he says could be paranormal phenomena. First of all, we recorded a, n a number of uh, sonic effects from bangs to booms to uh, milder sounds. And the most striking of these uh, was associated with uh, a sudden increase in uh, the magnetic fields uh, in the house. Dr. Rowe believes the noises came from a physical phenomenon called the Peltier effect. He says this can occur when water seeps between the underground slabs of limestone. The resulting reaction not only produces real noises, but also creates an electromagnetic field that may affect human brains, making people imagine all kinds of things. These magnetic fields affect the human brain because the human brain is a conductor. And this electric current produces striking psychological experiences that only happen in the mind. A trick of the mind? Not to those who've heard it. I don't know if I buy into that, but I, it's kind I, of I his... I see, that, that's, that's reaching. Like, I can say, like, the, the, the fridge radiator, I think that's a little more of a... Yeah, hey, I'm just... Know. We like to cover from all angles. The guy's going a little more of, like, the butterfly effect kind of thing. You he know? is. So he's saying that that could literally be where you are. And again, which also comes to the old, like, um, you know, if your house is built on an Indian burial ground... Which, then you're guaranteed to have a haunting, even I though I, it was, which uh, is a weird thing. And now the, the final thing I'll say before we jump into our stories is uh, a reoccurring theme and something to keep in mind with this is the idea, the concept of residual hauntings, or as we've often discussed, it's the same thing as the stone tape theory, which, oh, man. which is somebody uh, it's, it's kind of a different interpretation of what a ghost is. And it's more of like, they lived in the house, they died, 
And now it's almost like their spirit, their energy is probably a better word, is kind of on a loop. And it's still living in the house and it's repeating actions and it's there. Uh, but it's not consciously right. there. It's, and it's not doing things to screw with you. It's just sort of repeating over and over. And maybe you're catching glimpses of it. You're hearing it. You're seeing things. Right. But it's more of a different approach than a ghost is there. You know, not a poltergeist who's trying to scare you and get you to leave the house. It's like a replay of the past happening over current time. Exactly. It's more of the concept of light can bend, space can bend, time can bend. And it's, you're kind of, it's kind of like they're trapped in a, a time loop. Now, here's the thing. And I can't obviously stretch this across all hauntings, but if you go with the stone tape theory idea, um, and then you assume that a lot of these things are happening at night, why would they be happening at night again? You know what I'm saying? Like lady washes the dishes back in 1950, dies, man moves into the house in 2016, sees a ghost washing dishes at three in the morning. Was that lady washing dishes at three in the morning? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, now I could shoot off in all kinds of directions because we... We really have no baseline to go off of, but yeah, you just never, questions. You never know. But again, hey, it never hurts to raise questions, to ask questions, and to open up a discussion. And that's all we're trying to do here, get a conversation flowing. Right. Um, so why don't we step into some haunted house stories and see where it takes us? Why don't we step into some haunted houses? Oh, Jesus. Uh, My name is Sarah. I live in New York City, and I'm 30 years old. Um, when I was probably like 21 or 22, we started to have a lot of kind of really weird experiences in uh, the house that I grew up in, where my mom lived with her then fiance. Um, I guess in the beginning, we started to hear things like the doorbell would ring when nobody was outside. Hello? Um, for a while, my dog would sort of, like, stop and look around, growl. Sometimes he'd run around like he was playing with someone. We didn't really know what was going on. It was kind of strange. My mom felt like she had kind of heard and seen things in the house as well. <laughs> and then one day, I think kind of, like, it it all kind of came to a boiling point. My mom was in the kitchen and she was making dinner and she went upstairs um, to talk to Joe, her fiance. And when she came downstairs, every single cabinet in our kitchen was open. I would say we have a pretty large kitchen and there's probably at least like 15 cabinets and every door was open while she had only been upstairs for probably a minute. Um, there was nobody in the house except for the two of them. So my mom was kind of concerned about what was going on. She was outside one day taking out the trash and she ran into one of our neighbors that she never ever spoke to. Um, they lived down the street, and 
I think maybe my mom had seen her once or twice and kind of out of nowhere. The lady came up and started talking to my mom and she was saying um, just some, some stuff about our house and the neighborhood. We kind of like live in a little bit of an older house. And she was telling my mom that the people who had lived there, um, not before us, but before them, had had a son who was young. And um, he had been outside playing in the yard. And I think he ran out into the street and was hit by a car and killed. This kind of like clicked for my mom. She's also ever, my mom's always been like kind of a spiritual, like psychic person. She's very much into that. So I think as soon as she heard that, she knew that that's kind of what was going on in the house. Um, it kind of all just came together in a way that she couldn't really um, explain. So my mom decided to kind of like take matters into her own hands. I think she ended up staging our house and she ended up sending the little boy to the light. Um, she really just told him that um, everything was okay and that um, his family loved him and, and missed him and that he was ready to kind of move on um, and, and she sent him off. Um, I don't think that we ever felt like scared or threatened when we were at home. We never had those kind of feelings, but I think that the house definitely felt different after he left. My mom said that like in the process of sending him to the light, she felt like really calm and filled with love and like had just like a really beautiful feeling come over her after she sent him off. So it was one of those things that I think like she knew he was gone after that and really sort of all the experiences um, started to stop. Um, my mom, she still lives in the house, and she hasn't really experienced anything after that. Um, and, and things have just been normal in the house now. Once again, there's a lot of little things going on. You know, the doorbell rings, nobody's there. First thing I thought of was the classic game I used to play. We called it Ring and Run. Others, oh, yeah. others call it Ding Dong Ditch. So, for those of you who may not have grown up in suburbia, Ring and Run, or Ding Dong Ditch, is a game that we used to play as kids, in which most of us would hide behind bushes or some other obstruction that would keep us concealed but still give us a nice view of a house's front door. We would then send the fastest kid quietly up to the front door, where he or she would ring the doorbell and then try and get back to where we were all hiding as fast as possible. We would then all watch, trying to hold in our laughter, as an unsuspecting homeowner would open the door, look around, and find that no one was there. That's why Tommy brings us up as a possible explanation for the phantom doorbell ringer in Sarah's house. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, this probably happened over and over again, so what are the chances that it was kids playing Ring and Run? I would say very high, because the more you could hit the same house, the funnier it was. But again, this is only one potential explanation. But then also the dog is acting weird, and we've talked about um, the spirits of animals on the show, as well as animals potentially having the ability to connect and see and interact with supernatural beings, spirits, ghosts, if you will. Mm -hmm. And while you can kind of explain away everything else, the dog was just being a dog, doorbell was malfunctioning, could have been punk kids, you know, people think they hear and see things all the time, they could be wrong. You can't really 
explain away or mistake every single cabinet in the kitchen being open? Well, or can you? Two things I want to say. The first thing is she said that her mother had this um, psychic ability and things like that. So that either A, explains why she was able to experience these things, or B, it explains the seed planted in her mind prior to these things happening, which, like I said in the intro, that's how you'll swing your beliefs if they're there. Now, as far as the cabinet thing goes, I, myself, have the amazing superpower of extremely, extremely terrible short-term memory. So sometimes I'll take things out of cabinets, leave them open, walk out of the room, walk back in and be like, what the hell? And I know you're going to say, but all the cabinets, sometimes a damn good amount of them are open. But all the cabinets? But here's the thing is then how working memory is. Maybe it wasn't all the cabinets and the story became all the cabinets. You know, like I've I've maybe said there's like 10 cabinets in my kitchen. If I'm doing the dishes or something like that and like something else goes on, I'll come back 15 minutes later and maybe like seven out of 10 of them will be open. Ah, okay. and, and like and I'm, I'll be like, oh, what the hell? So you're a little skeptical of of her story at this point. Yeah, I'm becoming a skeptic. Damn it! Oh, well, that's okay. That's your right. Uh, I kind of like that the mother wasn't out fishing for explanations. I like that the neighbor just kind of they happened to meet, and the neighbor just offered up this uh, deceased boy that had lived there. You could kind of see a young kid being up to no good, having some fun, you know, ringing the doorbell. I mean, maybe it was a ring and run from a ghost, playing with the dog, screwing around, opening cabinets. Seems like innocent, mischievous fun from a small lad, perhaps. Uh, What's interesting to me is she then does the smudging, a house cleansing, Mm -hmm. sends the boy away and everything stops. And we're going to get into a very good house cleansing story later uh, on another episode as part of this series. But I always wonder... Is it the placebo effect? Do you feel better because you've said, go on now, move on to the light. Ah, he's gone. So now when there is a, a creek or a cabinet open, you go, oh, I must have left it open. Because right. In your mind, you've set the, the spirit free. Your house is now clean. Everything's gone. Or did you actually set this spirit free? And that's why it is. I always wonder if it's not more in the person's mind than it is that they've actually released whatever was there, if something was even there. And again, the way memory works, you know, maybe the doorknob, or not doorknob, the doorbell did malfunction after that, and they said, oh, you know, found a wireless, fixed it. You don't remember that as much as you remember remember the time the ghost was ringing the doorbell. That's true. Um, either way, always fun to have weird things happen in your house, and then you stumble upon a legend of someone who died there. If, for nothing else, the story and the legend it creates. Yeah. The Brothers Mysterium. My name is Joey. I am 30 years old, and I currently live in Harlem, New York. So this happened a couple of nights ago. I went down to the gym in our basement to work out, and it was later than I typically go, probably around 11 p.m., and, uh... I always work out with headphones in, and it's never been an issue before this. I think it's also important to point out that our gym, although it's in the basement, the basement is not creepy by any means. Uh, People have their doors down there, people who live down there. Uh, Directly behind the gym is a small courtyard, but it's completely fenced off, and it'd be incredibly 
difficult for anyone to get back into that little courtyard area from a surrounding building. So back to the story, I was, I was in the gym and I was working out and every so often I felt like I was hearing maybe a drop or a pound either on the wall or on the floor. And uh, I would just take my headphones off and then nothing was ever there or around. So I would just continue on with my workout. And also I was getting a sense that perhaps I was being, I don't, I don't want to say I was being watched, but I had this strange feeling and maybe it was because it was late and I was working out and you know, if you drop a weight, the vibrations will tr travel through the floor, maybe perhaps go through the walls. And like I said, people live down there and I didn't want to wake anyone up. So maybe it was just a, a sense of self paranoia that I, I don't want to disturb my neighbors. So trying to be conscious of that. But at the same time, I, there was slightly a weird feeling. And to be honest, I never have that kind of weird feeling of being watched or really tuned in to, I guess, my surroundings. So partway through my workout, I see in the, in the mirror that there's a light in the hallway just turning on and off. On and off. And it's a steady, it's not like a light bulb that's on the verge of burning out is turning on and off. So I thought perhaps like maybe I did disturb a neighbor and perhaps they were turning on and off the light to let me know like, Hey, you're making a little too much noise. So I, I go out into the hallway to find out if anyone's there or to apologize. And no one's there. It's just this one light that just happens to be going on and off steadily. And it's not really distracting or annoying. I kind of see it out of the corner of my eye and decide that I'm just gonna continue on with my workout because like I said, it's not very distracting and it didn't look like it was coming from uh, a neighbor. So after inspecting the light in the hallway and Deciding that it was just some kind of electrical issue, I thought it'd be kind of funny to take a video of it to show my girlfriend the next morning and uh, say our building is haunted. Because, well, she has told me a story before that she had some kind of ghost encounter when she was in high school. And I, I never really believed in a ghost or paranormal activity of any sort so uh, I just I don't know why but I just thought it would be something funny to do so I pull out my phone and I start recording this light going on and off and as soon as I stop the record I'm looking down at my phone I'm watching it save and I get like the worst case of chills goosebumps whatever you want to call it I've ever had just like uh, goosebumps all over my body and I just get hit with like this 
this this shock of some sort of wave of emotions. So at this point, I'm like, that was kind of weird. Uh, you know, you see like movies or whatever ghost show you watch on TV. People always say chills are associated with paranormal activity. So at that point, I was a little bit freaked out, but it still wasn't that bad. And I decide like maybe I'll just like pick up my stuff, wrap up my workout and head back upstairs. So the first thing I wanted to do was close the window before I picked up all my stuff and I look over at the window and I notice two handprints on the window and it's probably important to note that it was raining that day. It was very foggy. Uh, so the windows were a little bit fogged up. And there's two handprints. Well, at this point, I decide that's enough for me being in the basement. So I only take my phone. I leave everything else down there. And I pretty much run out the, the door of the gym. And I start my climb up the stairs, which is... We live on the sixth floor, so I, I decided I'm going to take the stairs. And uh, that's when it turned into something almost like a horror film where you're you're getting to some kind of chase sequence. And literally, and keep in mind that the, the light in the hallway is still doing the on-off thing, on-off, on-off. I, as soon as I hit the stairwell... All of the lights in the stairwell are doing the same thing. On, off, on, off. I am just running up the stairs. And like I just kept getting that feeling like I was in a movie where on one of these flights, I'm going to turn the corner and someone's just going to be standing on the landing waiting for me. Well, that never happened. I get to the sixth floor. Our apartment is directly beside the stairwell. I, but even at the top, like even when I came out of the stairs, the lights in the hallway on our floor are also flickering on, off, on, off. I, I, I don't know what it was. It was weird. I thought it was really creepy. So again, I took out my phone because once I was in my apartment I felt safer and I thought maybe this is just becoming more of a joke maybe it's some sort of emergency alarm or some kind of security system um, warning so once I open up my door I pull out my phone again I take a couple seconds of video of the lights in the hallway doing the on off on off and I just closed the door and I actually went and woke up my girlfriend to tell her uh, what had just happened. So I'm showing her the videos and I'm like, yeah, I left everything down there. It was really creepy. So of course she wants to peek out the door and see what she sees. And as soon as she opens the door, the lights are just on. There's no flickering. There's no weird electrical current or there's nothing. The lights are just on. It's back to normal. Everything's fine. Um, so I showed her, like the, like I said, I showed her the videos and decided that now that 
the lights were back to normal, I was going to head back downstairs and collect my stuff from the gym. And to keep me safe, I guess she goes with me and we walk downstairs and I show her the handprints and tell her the whole story of what happened. And we just kind of laugh about it. And I took a picture of the handprints and we collected all of the stuff and just went back home and went to bed. But, uh, overall the, the entire experience was, was crazy for me because I have never once believed in ghosts or any kind of encounter like that. So, uh, yeah, I had a little a little trouble getting to sleep that night. So now, sometimes we will get stories from random people out there. They submit them. We use them on the show. We don't know them. Uh, Joey O, uh, who told us this story, is actually a former co-worker of mine. And when we were beginning to plan out, Season one, I was asking friends and coworkers if they had any paranormal stories, anything cool. And he flat out told me, like, no, I'm a skeptic. I don't believe in any of that crap. Uh, my girlfriend does. Maybe she could be on your show. Um, so what I kind of appreciate is I know for a fact that he is not the type of person as where with the first story, Sarah's mother was very spiritual and into ghosts and spirits and energies. Joey was the opposite. And my favorite stories usually come from people who are skeptics, don't believe it, and then weird things happen that convince them or at least scare them and make them say, like, something weird was going on here. I thought your favorite stories were when multiple people see the same thing. Those are my favorite as well. I'm a man of many favorites. Those are a few of my favorite things. My other favorite thing, when people have the wherewithal to get a video or a photo ah yes if you want to see the photo of the handprints or the videos of the lights those will be on our facebook page facebook.com slash the brothers mysterium you'll be able to view those for yourself uh and now let's kind of talk about the story uh starts out he's just in the gym hanging out working out minding his business starts hearing and feeling some pounding on the walls which is sort of a common Thing associated with hauntings yeah the noises on the walls i mean in new york city and this is interesting right because this isn't just a home he's has an apartment in harlem i'm sure it's a very old building with a long storied history many residents who knows what could have happened there but anyway the pounding on the walls the vibrations he kind of feels it and again he's not sure if it's a neighbor if it's you know him putting weights down whatever it could be he's kind of like whatever right his headphones on he's doing his thing uh, and then he starts getting this uneasy feeling he says it's almost like he's being watched which again is interesting because he's a skeptic. So it's not, he's not a scaredy cat guy who's, you know, oh, it's late and I'm downstairs by myself. You know, he works out all the time down there. The people live down there. As he said, it's not a scary environment at all. But then he is deciding he should bail. He sees these handprints, uh, which are very uh, strange. I mean, he did say it was a rainy day, it was foggy. Somebody obviously could have kind of slapped both hands on the window. Uh, again, you can see the photo. It's weird, but it could just be the thing where somebody smacked the window and then when it gets foggy, the handprints appear. But in addition to everything that's going on, I could see it freaking him out. And that was the thing that I had asked myself um, was, are they on the inside or the outside of the building? It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, who knows? But my favorite thing is what he calls the chase sequence, which is really interesting, too. So the light, one light's going on and off. 
As he leaves, light in the hallway is going, hits the stairwell, and now the lights are flickering on and off as he's running up, gets to his apartment where, again, a single light is just flickering on and off. So I'm glad he got video of it. Uh, it's only one light. I mean, it basically it almost seems like the light kind of followed him, you know, on his way up. He said he can even feel it like the, yeah. the as he's running up the stairs, he's waiting to just kind of bump into a serial killer or a ghost or something. That would have been sweet. That would have been a great story. Well, not the serial killer. The well, ghost. yeah, then he would have been dead and couldn't tell us. But uh, yeah, a really crazy episode. Uh, again, I'm glad that he got some proof of it that we know it happened so we don't have to sit here and say like, well, maybe the lights weren't flickering, maybe. Uh, I don't think it was an alarm system because it's not like every light was going on and off in the whole place. I mean, it was weird. I'm not really sure what to make of it. I would actually say the opposite about the lights because when he was telling the story, I pictured all the lights going on and off. But when you watch the video, you can kind of see that it's not all the lights. It's the, the fluorescent lights in the ceiling are fine. It's these sconce lights that are on the side of the hallway when he's up, upstairs by his apartment. And then there's one light amongst many lights that's blinking down in the gym. That to me made me think more like, okay, it's an electrical disturbance of some kind related to those specific lights rather than something supernatural. Because if all the lights had been blinking, that would have been more impressive, I think. See, I think if all the lights were blinking, it would have been an electrical problem. You're telling me that all, I mean, on six different floors, certain lights are going on and off. They're all in the same circuit breaker. I think it's even weirder that they're all going, like such random little lights are going on and off wherever he is. It's kind of tracking him. I think that, to me, says it's probably not an electrical issue. But again, that's just me. Hmm. Either way, a cool story. Um, since then, nothing else to report from that building, but uh, definitely a creepy experience in an apartment building from Joey O. Well, the town that I grew up in is called Harrington Park, New Jersey. Um, it's a small town in northern New Jersey, Bergen County. Um, you know, the it's not really known to be a ghost town or anything to that nature. But um, yeah, so we moved into our house. Uh, you know, I was about two or three years old at the time. Um, you know, no real history. Uh, it was a brand new house. So, um, you know, I, I'm not really sure what was there before. But, you know, as far as I know, it was a new development. Um, you know, nothing really crazy happened in terms of like cupboards being open and, you know, furniture being tossed around the room, stuff like that. But, you know, I remember, I want to say I was about five years old, you know, we were upstairs playing video games and whenever my parents came home, we would hear the garage door open and hear the keys rattle on the, on the kitchen island and hear bags rattle. So, um, you know, we would always, you know, hit pause, run downstairs, say hi, and then, you know, come back and just, you know, continue playing our games. And one night in particular, I remember, um, it was a Saturday night and, you know, my parents worked late. So, uh, it was just me and my brother and we were playing our games and we heard the door open. We heard the keys rattle on the island. We heard the bags. So my brother was like, Hey, you know, let's hit pause real quick. We'll say hi. And then, you know, we'll come back up. And when we had gotten downstairs, there was nobody there. Uh, you know, we definitely heard it. You know, we both heard it. It was very real. Um, and after that, we just kind of 
hung out in the driveway until my parents got home. You know, we were really creeped out by it. Uh, you know, we both remember hearing it distinctly, and you know, it was very real. So, so that's that's the first encounter. Uh, what's what's the next memory you have of something strange happening? So, just to reiterate, uh, you know, I've never had one of those crazy paranormal activity type things that you see on TV, but I remember, you know, I was probably about like five or six, and my brother's friend had to come over and we would play manhunt in the house. And we had a rule where if you got caught, you had to help that person find the last person. So naturally when I would find my brother's friend, he wouldn't really help me. So I remember, you know, we were walking around the house and he opened up the basement door and was like, Hey, you know, are you down here? And he heard someone say, so to try and get me away from there, he told me to check out the garage. So I walked over, I opened up the door and, you know, there was my brother. And I remember him looking at my brother's friend and he was just so pissed. He's like, why, why did you tell him I was here? And the look on his face, he was like, how did you get here? And my brother's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I heard you say I'm down here when I opened up the basement door. And... We were just kind of like looking at him like, what are you talking about? And soon after that, he got on his bike and just, you know, went home. Did, um, did anybody else hear that or only the friend heard the, the voice? We didn't hear it, but, you know, I can definitely say I believe him 100%. Um, you know, he's not the type of person that would really lie about that. And, you know, we could tell just by the look on his face that he was definitely, you know, shooken up by something. Right. So I remember even after he left, we went down to the basement to, to see what it could have been. And, you know, there was, there's nothing down there. What so, other weird happenings happened? So in that house, I remember we were playing football one day and, you know, just to preface from the backyard, you could see how the house flowed from the living room into the kitchen, into the guest room. And, in between the guest room and the kitchen was the laundry room. So when we were playing football, uh, out of nowhere, my one friend was like, oh, you know, when did you get a housekeeper? So we were just kind of looking at him like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, I just saw the, the housekeeper carrying carrying the clothes. And we were like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, and then right after we told him we didn't have a housekeeper, he kind of looked like, you know, deer in headlights. And um, he <laughs> got on his bike and just went home. Again, it's nothing that we saw, but at the same time, there's no reason to make something like that up. So, And those are all different friends, right? It's not, not the same friend from the, the Manhunt game wasn't also at the football. It's Correct. Different people coming over and seeing things. Correct. Different people. And uh, do you have any other stories from that house? I mean, again, from that house, nothing crazy. Um, doors would open and close on their own. Our, our basement door would do that a lot, actually. Um, the bathroom door in my parents' room, that would open and close yeah. pretty pretty frequently. Um, again, who knows what could have caused it. Could have been a number of factors, but I, I definitely remember doors just kind of opening and closing on their own. Would you actually, would you see it physically open and close? Yeah, it would. Um, it would physically open and close. Um, wow. You know, again... Uh, it could have been a, a number of factors, like a draft or something, but I definitely remember, you know, the doors opening and closing. And, you know, at that age, you don't really, you know, apply laws of physics or any sort of logical thinking. Did your parents ever acknowledge, like, 
this is something weird is happening here? Or were they just sort of like, oh, well, what are you going to do? Uh, I mean, for them, I don't think they really knew how to answer our questions. You know, we would tell them what happened, but I mean, they wouldn't really buy into it. You know, to them, it was just kind of ridiculous and, you know, fairy ish if you will. And, and again, just for the record, um, I don't really believe in the whole stereotypical, you know, bet sheet with holes and going like, ooh. Um, and, but, but at the same time, I also don't believe in the whole angry spirits that, you know, throw furniture around the house to try and scare you out of their home or something. Uh, you know, to me, that's a little theatrical, but I, I definitely believe that there is something out there. And, um, you know, people have encounters with family members or, um, you know, friends, you know, after they pass. So in, in a way, it's it's kind of refreshing, too. So just for the record, we looked into the history of Joey's apartment and Guy's old house to see if there was anything suspicious that might suggest a haunting. We didn't find anything. Okay. I would have to take his stories and almost classify them in a third category from what I said in the beginning. I said they're like the things that are almost normal events that are kind of unexplained at the time. Then there's the other class where it's you see uh, ghosts who's scary or, you know, as Guy said, the uh, bed sheets kind of going, which is, is awesome. But then there's kind of the one in between, which is I, the, the, the friend saying the housekeeper thing. You saw someone in the house, not necessarily a ghost, someone who has no real um, reason to be there, shouldn't be there, is out of place. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it's really interesting. It's kind of refreshing to me that Guy, who you may recognize his voice from our sleep paralysis episode, but he is, again, somebody who uh, he keeps saying over and over, like, it's nothing crazy. It's not like on TV. There's no furniture being thrown around. So he has kind of realistic expectations of like, yeah, this did happen and it could be a haunting, but it's more of a realistic haunting. I kind of like when outsiders see things because it's not like the family thinks the house is haunted you know they're aware of it so when something happens they see it i kind of like that outsiders come over and they're like oh hey you got a housekeeper that's weird and it's like why would you say that oh i just saw somebody it wasn't your parents in the house and then they get so freaked out they ride their bike home and run away when they have their friend over to play manhunt a different friend uh, manhunt for you that don't know is like a badass version of hide and go seek um he hears a, a voice which is another aspect we haven't talked too much about on the show which is people claim that certain spirits can well will either speak to you obviously there's evps where you will ask questions have a recording device and when you listen back you'll hear answers to your questions that you didn't hear at the time but there are cases of spirits being able to either talk outright and you can hear this like low rumbling voice or they can even mimic voices of people in the house and in this one it's sort of mimicked uh, guy's brother's voice saying it was in the basement the friend is kind of like what the hell are you doing here man i heard you in the basement they discuss it the friend realizes this is creepy and weird and does the classic friend jump on the bike and ride away in terror yeah the friends always get on the bike and get out of there leave you with the ghost man some friend but uh and i like that it's these outside people obviously there's a lot of incidents that happen in the house with guy and his brother such as they both heard the door open the keys jingling, bags being put down, they end up, they can't just get on their bike and ride home, so they had to stand in the driveway. Uh, and even, like, the doors opening and closing, and he saw that firsthand in both, he said the basement had happened a lot, as well as the parents' bedroom, and it's interesting to me because 
a draft, I think, can definitely like swing a door. If a door is open, I could see it being strong enough to like slam it shut. Sometimes gravity too. If you never yeah. know if something's exactly level or not. But like if it's closed, it's really interesting to me that it would like open and then reclose. You know what I mean? It's not like it wasn't closed all the way. Uh, see, okay, that, yeah, that's a different story. If the door opens, closes, and it, it does that over and over again, like my front door. Um, it doesn't take a draft for the door to close itself. I can open that door all the way and leave it, and it'll sit there for like a minute, and then it'll slowly close itself. Right. Um, but it wouldn't open it. But it doesn't open itself, no. Yeah. So um, that's cool, and I kind of like this story as the barometer for, again, like a realistic haunting. So keep that in mind as we push ahead in this Haunted House series of episodes, because it's going to be creeptastic. On the next episode of The Brothers Mysterium. And we've got quite the experience, quite the story uh, for this episode. Um, You would, you know, wash your hands in the bathroom, come out, sit on the couch, and the next, like, five minutes you'd hear the water turn on. And full blast, not just like a drip. I've overcome my skepticism. I'm not just a stick in the mud anymore. They basically said that there was a strong female presence in the house. Um, Someone who was who related to my mother. That maybe it's not so much about whatever your religion is, it's more your belief in that moment creates the internal force you needed to drive out this spirit or whatever it might be from your home. Um, And then they found the Ouija board and they were really upset about it. (laughs) And they immediately broke it and took it with them and said that this may have invited more spirits into the house and more energy. The clip from this episode dealing with Dr. William Roll's thoughts on the Peltier effect come from the Three Partners Ranch segment of Season 1, Episode 13 of the rebranded edition of Unsolved Mysteries featuring Dennis Farina. We want to thank Dan and Gwen Hudson for additional voiceover work. And the Brothers Mysterium theme song is done by the band The Never Grit. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so via email, thebrothersmysterium at gmail.com, through our Facebook page, facebook.com slash thebrothersmysterium, on Instagram or Twitter at Mysterium Bros, or our website, thebrothersmysterium.com. And if you like the show, we ask you take a few seconds to rate and review it on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about The Brothers Mysterium. And we want to thank you for listening to us. We'll catch you in the next edition of this Haunted House series. 